0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Abstract, the podcast of the Metropolitan Educational Resource Consortium in the School of Education at Virginia Commonwealth University, where we explore issues and ideas in public pre-K-12 education. My name is Joanna Smith. I'm the Dean of Students in Chesterfield County Public Schools at Elsie Byrd High School and the host of this episode. Today's conversation is a part of a special series in connection with the theme of our upcoming Merck Conference, The Promise of Public Education connecting research, policy, and practice in a new era. What do we mean by the promise of public education in a new era? Public schools have been designed to meet a range of ambitious goals critical to the health and stability of our country. They promise opportunities for social mobility, to develop skills that lead to fulfilling vocation and economic livelihood, and to instill dispositions and critical thinking skills essential for democratic citizenship. Although elements of these foundational principles may endure, recent events have shed light on how this promise has, in many cases, been unfulfilled, particularly for specific student populations. Over the past year and a half, we have seen the COVID-19 pandemic disrupt nearly every aspect of public schools, forcing educators and students to rapidly adapt to a new and uncertain environment. At the same time, international social movements promoting racial justice have called upon school systems to re examine policies and practices in pursuit of greater equity for their students in their community. Whatever the future may bring, public education finds itself at an inflection point where we can reimagine its purposes and possibilities. For each episode in this series, we will explore a fundamental element of public education, discuss how it has been impacted by the events of the past year and a half, and share our vision for what it could be moving forward. In this episode, we are discussing high school in a new era, and have invited local experts who can speak to where we might go from here. Let me introduce everyone to you now. Caleb.
1: Hi, my name is Caleb Kenny. I'm a graduate senior from Douglas Freeman High School, which is in Marco County, and next year I will be attending College of the Holy Cross, which is in Massachusetts.
0: Milagros.
2: Hello, my name is Milagros Torres. I attend Elsie Bird High School in Chesterfield, and I'm a freshman going to the 10th grade. Misha. Hello, I'm Misha Rong.
3: I'm going to be a senior in the fall at Mechanicsville High School in Hanover County. And
0: George.
4: Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. George Hewen, and I currently serve as an assistant principal with uh, Fairfax County Public School at Woodson High School.
0: Thank you so much. All right, our first question is for all participants. Can you describe what it has been like to be a student this past year?
1: There's so many different words I could use. I guess the biggest word would be just different. You know, it was a different environment, a different time we were in, having to learn from home for most of the year. You weren't used to seeing classmates. You weren't able to speak to your teachers as much. There was the a time that we all had to get acclimated to.
0: Acclimated is a good word. Thanks. What about you, Misha? It's definitely been rough this past year and a half. It's just been harder than the rest of like the 12 years that I've been a student. Not just for the health pandemic, but also social justice issues.
3: So.
2: Yes, that too. What about you, Mimi? With going to school over the computer, then making a quick change to going in person, it was kind of hard, depending on whether or not you were good work on the computer, because you know, waking up every day to get on a computer is not the easiest thing to do. And then we had to switch over to go to in person. So something that I would not recommend to do, (laughs) but it was super hard, but the year's over. So hopefully next year is a little bit better um, and a little bit easier. And what about you, George?
4: I would also say that it was uh, different and unique in the sense from, you know, as an admin, uh, being in the building and not having interactions with students. Um, not having interactions with staff, and um, you know, while we were able to go into classrooms with the links that our teachers provided us, you know, it was it was still very different and, and just awkward at times. But um, you know, like you know, Mimi said, I'm I'm glad that it's over. Um, I know our school district we're going to go back to a five day you know return in the fall, so I'm looking forward to uh, getting back into the building, getting back. Uh, into the groove of things and interacting with students and you know, going into classrooms and, and doing observations and all of that good stuff that administrators do.
0: It has been a difficult year and a half, and, and hence us saying it's a new era because things have probably changed in a lot of aspects. That leads us to our first question for you, Caleb. Can you describe things that your schools um, have implemented that you think should continue to be followed in the fall?
1: So this past year, one main thing that the school implemented would have been what we call asynchronous time. So it's basically time away from your classes with your teachers where they give you work and you're able to sit down and complete your work by yourself. And at first I wasn't really on board with this idea, but then as the school year went on, I realized how vital it was for even myself and my other students that I was around because you know we're behind a computer and it's kind of hard to sit there with 30 other people and not have any interaction with the teacher. So now we have this designated time where we can get our work done. We don't really have to be bothered by anybody, and we can just sit down and focus on the task at hand. So that really helped me and other students that i talked to just focus in on the things we needed to get done and complete our work one time and efficiently.
0: It did offer some more flexibility, but as Mimi was saying earlier, it does require a lot of motivation. Well, Misha, we'll move on to you. Can you describe how satisfied you were with your education that you received this past year?
3: To be honest, I am not as satisfied. Oh, for me, I chose the online part of it. So, like, I was fully online. I did all my AP classes online, all my electives online. So, for me, I wasn't really that satisfied with, with the amount of knowledge that I kind of got from my classes because you, there's really no required, not as much requirement for participation in class than it would be, like, in person. So... There really, there was not as much like critical thinking
0: involved in those classes. Anyone else want to speak to how satisfied they were with how much they learned this past year? I don't think, I feel like if we were in person and
2: things weren't as they were, where we had to switch and go back and be six feet and always wear a mask and not really do certain things and have certain freedoms we had when we weren't socially distanced, I feel like it'd be a little bit more easier. I'm not really satisfied with my performance this year. I wasn't as motivated as I am every other year of school. But like I said, hopefully, this year coming up, it's a little bit better. But nobody was really motivated in a sense. It's harder. It's not really no one really formed a relationship as it would be easier to do with no mass and six
0: feet. Mm, good point. So I think it's not just the academic part. You're kind of alluding to the social emotional part and how can you be close or develop relationships with someone who's has to be six feet away from you, or as Kayla was saying was virtual. So thank you. Good point. So then Milagros, this question's directed towards you. Um, what do you think should be done differently, not just after navigating the health, but the social justice pandemic?
2: I think that we should have these conversations and we shouldn't really ignore the elephant of the room, for lack of a better term. This, I think we should just, you know, it is something hard to talk about because not everybody is comfortable with having that conversation or not everybody wants to have that conversation at all and just move past it. But we have to talk about the things that make us uncomfortable in order to move past them or work on them. As far as the health not everybody's going to be, you know, down with six feet and, you know, that's okay, but we do need to keep um, keep everyone safe. So, you know, um, sometimes it's hard repeating something like, you know, six feet and wearing a mask, but at the same time, we have to do it to stay safe. But, you know, with social justice, it's uncomfortable conversation for some people to have, but we should have these conversations in school to move past the uncomfortableness to make it more comfortable for people not to be we
0: got to meet somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. so do you have any suggestions for students who might want to start having these conversations who might not have before or even teachers like do you have any tips meetings and clubs like for student not for students for
2: administration and school personnel to have like meetings not every week but meetings enough for you to just understand it because not everybody's going to get it so um, you know, some people need different things for them to get it. But as far as students, like at Bird, we have a social justice club and that kind of, I feel like it really helped me, like, I guess, get a little bit better of an understanding of certain things. But I think having clubs and meetings and talking about it or events to, you know, be like, oh, yeah, like I understand now it'll make it a little bit easier to understand and not make it so hard to
0: Mm-hmm. So being mm-hmm. intentional and
2: strategic
0: to actually set aside that time to make a safe place. Have something for everybody to understand. Gotcha. That's awesome. Thank you. Anyone else want to speak to that?
4: Yeah, I'll jump in. Um, you know, Mimi mentioned um, like, you know, having a social justice club at, you know, her school with, you know, I believe uh, students and, you know, at Woodson, we have the same. So we have like what we call CAV Congress for our students and then, you um, you know, during the height of the pandemic and the murder of George Floyd, um, you know, we too created a social justice club, but this was for our parents. So this year or this past year, we were actually able to get through um, two books. So we read um, How to Be an Anti-Racist and we read um, White Fragility. And so it was just a, a really a good opportunity to partner with Um, both parents and staff they really want to know like how they can help and through our conversations and discussion like a lot of the things that I you know remember hearing or a lot of themes that came up is you know like I'm learning too like I'm on this journey and I want to learn and um, you know I want to be more aware and I want to take off my defense mode. And I want to be able to approach things from, you know, just a different perspective and have that different lens. And I just think having, you know, people from all walks of life in our social justice club and our students with CAV Congress, you know, a lot of these discussions are going on and it's really important. And the thing with a club is that, you know, a club is voluntary, like you're going on your own will. So, um, you know, I think that's also important as well, because you have kids and adults and teachers who really just want to learn, whether it's, you know, how can I learn to stand up more? How can I learn to, you know, use my voice more? How can I learn to, you know, be a better educator, parent, whatever the case is, if I see something, you know, how can I have these conversations with my kids so that, you know, when they're in a situation of, you know, um, an unfortunate situation or incident, they know what to do. So, So, yes, clubs is definitely a good starting point, and I would definitely um, recommend it for anyone or any school district who, you know, is looking to have some of these important conversations.
0: I love that you mentioned books. Um, We received a grant for our school so that we could buy copies for teachers to read Stamped, and then also bought it for our English classes. Um, And then this summer for summer school, um, our English 9 classes are all reading another Jason Reynolds book. So I think that's um, like you said, you have people coming together um, to have a different perspective, and as Mimi was saying, sometimes people don't know how to approach it, so reading a book can help you kind of open your eyes as you were sharing, George, to, to see other lenses, and then be able to have a, a common ground to, get, to have a discussion or have a starting point for discussion. So the next question is for Misha. Can you please describe what are some of the challenges you navigated this past year and a half to be successful? You specifically mentioned AP classes and electives. Can you speak to some of the difficulties you experienced with those, please?
3: Yeah, so for AP, my AP classes, so they're like more fast paced than like other classes. So you really have to find like self-motivation to be able to do well in those classes. And for me, I'm really bad at like time management and like, and that really ties back into like self-motivation and stuff. So I really had to find like for me to fix that. I created like daily schedules to like, let me know like when and what to do in order to get that more organized for
0: myself. Anyone else want to speak to some of the challenges you've navigated? I mean, we've had some students who possibly didn't have meals cause they weren't at schools for breakfast and lunch or if they didn't have internet or Chromebook. So even if it's not speaking to your challenges if you knew other students that had some difficulties.
1: Oh yeah, I'll, I'll get on this one. Personally, for me, uh, being a senior, I was ready for school to be over, high school. I already had senior highs. So being online virtual at home behind a computer it's amplified that by 10. So I had to find new ways to find motivation, whether it be calling my friends between classes or purposefully getting there early so I could talk to my teacher and ask them what we were doing for the day. Just simple things that don't take a lot of energy that still will make a difference and give me that motivation that I needed to get to the school day and ultimately get through the year since it was so hard just being at home
0: a great tip to talk to your friends between classes in person or virtual? Um, I would just say like, I
2: for like when I was in, in person, I grew certain relationships with some teachers. I don't know why that helped me. I had, I was friends with like, not friends, but I was cool with some of my teachers more than I really was with students. I didn't know, I don't know why I just really lost my, I don't know, I, I sucked at being social with other kids. But when I was talking to my teachers, I just, I thought it was a good idea to just talk to my teachers because I felt like they were there to support you. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I just found it. I that was the most fun I had. A low key though, <laughs> it was fun. I like talking to my teachers and my administrators,
0: and it
2: felt like not weird anymore. It felt like a regular school year.
0: That's a great skill for for life though. That's great. What about you, George? Any challenges you've noticed from an, as an admin?
4: Yeah, I can definitely uh, speak to Caleb's um, experience with being the senior or this past senior administrator. Um, You know, a lot of our students, they lost uh, more than half of the year. You know, I think towards the second half of the year, um, it was good in the sense that we actually, we came back into the building in March. So um, I want to say about, I can't remember the exact percentage, but I think it was around 50% that came back into the building. And then we had spring sports going on and winter sports. So it was good to see some of our seniors back in the building and students overall, just back in the building, um, getting back uh, in sports. And and then we had uh, spring sports as well. And then we were able to do prom. Um, We were able to do graduation um, on our field. It was the first time that, you know, we did it in, in so many different years. And it was just a, a good way to close out the year. Um, so I was very proud of our seniors. Our school district and our school board was was very um, supportive. Um, we were able to do uh, senior um, activities uh, during the month during the last several months of the school where we held things uh, on campus specifically just for our seniors. But like Caleb said, it was it was it was difficult. You know, I had to like track down seniors. I was getting on. Line and, and and chatting to them, you know, in private, private messages, calling parents, trying to just find ways to keep them engaged, keep them uh, motivated to finish off the year. Um, you know, it was a lot of hard work, but you know, I I don't regret anything that we did as an admin team. I don't regret anything that we did to get our students over the hump. And and our teachers were very supportive as well. So again, it was it was a collective effort, um, and I'm just glad that you know we were able to send them off on, on, on the right
3: way.
0: Good point. I think the distance did require more of a personal touch and going out of the way for teachers and admin, You know, literally bringing someone an internet hotspot or Chromebook or school supplies. Um, so I think that kind of speaks to what Mimi was saying earlier. You might develop some deeper relationships with the students you did interact with because you were um, spending more time with them and there were less students if they were in person. Um, so again, to you, George, um, how have you seen students demonstrate resilience and perseverance this past year? that could be towards the health pandemic or social justice?
4: Great question. And I want to start with advocacy, right? So I think students really learned how to uh, speak up. Um, they learned how to speak up for their peers. Um, I know earlier in the pandemic, um, when it was, you know, finally decided that we were going to be starting the school year um, online, um, you know, at our school, our students at once ended um, a walkathon. Um, it was an online walkathon, and it was really around, you know, racial and social justice. And um, our students did a great job at um, raising money. Um, and, and and donating it to, you know, a cause of their own. I, it, our students got very creative. Um, you know, they did videos. Uh, we had our international night and our students put together, you know, just a fabulous and a great international night video for our community. You know, I think also students they learned how to be protectors Um, you have to think about the students who had younger siblings Um, they had to wake them up and and they were almost like wearing that parent hat as well right Um, so getting their siblings up um, getting them online feeding them breakfast helping them with um, you know their homework and their classroom uh, classwork assignments and trying to you know manage their own coursework as well so uh, and I think communicators they learn how to be effective communicators because you know like they were able to tell the teachers you know the things that were working for them and the things that were not working for them they were able to go into whether it was office hours to you know advocate for their needs and their wants and I think also our, our teachers realized through the pandemic and through virtual learning that you know like this one size approach is not going to fit our students and so they had to learn how to be creative and you know i know it was a struggle in the beginning but um, i think we all approached it uh, with the sense of like you know obviously we're going to get through this together but we're going to continue to find creative ways to um, get through this together so i would say definitely our students learn how to be advocates for um, themselves and their peers Um, They learned how to be protectors and effective communicators through through the pandemic. That's how I saw their uh, perseverance.
0: Amazing things I help them not just in school, but in life. The next one, Caleb, is a a bit of a long question, but it is a a positive one. Um, Can you describe what worked well that you think we should continue, um, including any positive experiences with teachers or administrators this past year? How did you build those relationships? And then how has it been more difficult or has it been easier because of the virtual or, or the changes in school?
1: So tackling the first part, we had a lot of mental health discussions in all of my classes. And, you know, in high school and middle school, you've been in those 200 people discussions where you're in an auditorium and a counselor is telling you, if you have a problem, come talk to somebody. And it doesn't really resonate because you're just thinking, I'm going to go eat lunch. Please stop talking to me. So now you have these one on one sessions where you're actually being able to sit down, even if it's virtual, and talk to somebody and they're asking you, How are you doing? How are classes? Are you okay at home if you have that type of relationship? So, those pushing past that boundary and having that one on one interaction has something that. I saw a lot of people that I know and that I was friends with. It helped them throughout the year because they were struggling, whether it be with classes, with something going on at home, with something that's out of the realm, but having those discussions helped them. And then for me, it was easy maintaining them because I had already built them. I had them with my friends and with my teachers and administrators throughout the three years I had been in the school building. So now we're virtual, it's it's hard to communicate, it's we pick up where we left off and
0: the only difference
1: is the medium in which we're speaking in but it, it was more difficult because for me i had 30 classes at a time trying to contact my teacher and she's she's only one person or he's only one person they can't talk to everybody at the same time so they have to split the time and figure out who they can talk to when they can talk to everybody so that was what made it more difficult but it was easier because they had already been established
0: which was nice that's a great perspective especially as a senior Misha, can you describe how connected you felt to other students and adults this school year? Um, how did it compare to previous years?
3: Well, you don't have like the, if you were to the in-person, you wouldn't have like the face-to-face on online. You don't have like the face-to-face interaction. You don't like have easy access to like talk to your peers and stuff. So it's definitely, you feel more like isolated and less connected. For example, this year, I did not know that my school had a prom. (laughs) So I had to figure out by like looking at like all my peers, like posting on social media about our prom. And I'm like, we had one of those. So I felt really disconnected then. And with my teachers, I felt like less connected than previous years because I would just be able to like, easily ask them. I wouldn't have to like type them, type them an email or do
0: anything like that. I could just go up to them and ask
3: them.
0: Kind of yeah. like Kayla was saying where you you might be multiple people trying to speak to someone and you have to wait, but um, yeah. But I'm glad you've learned the value of asking questions. That's a great skill to have. Well, then the last question for everyone, um, how then can we as students, can we enact this vision of high school in a new era? No, looking back on what we've gone through the last year, year and a half, um, what will this look like for high school in this new era after facing the COVID-19 and the social justice pandemics?
1: I would say just continuing or starting whatever part of the development you're in with student-led discussions, student-led activities, like Mimi was saying, you know, the students are, are is what's going to bring us through this time. And we are the people who have to be able to lead the charge into this new era. So I would just say, not always trying to fall back on the teachers and the administrators, but looking towards the students to help lead the charge forward. All
0: right. What about you,
3: Misha? I am I agree with Caleb, just letting the students lead. And I feel like all we can do now is just support each other through these times and just keep going.
0: Whatever that looks like, virtual or in person, all said. Yes. All right, Mimi, what about you? I
2: think that we should speak up for ourselves and you know like Caleb said we really can change the school and we can make it look like whatever we want it to be if we're uncomfortable with something or how something is then we should change it we we should talk about it I think it's important to let administration or teachers or whoever it be how we're feeling so we can look on it and see if we can do something to change it. I think that we, as students,
0: will be able to change it before most of us graduate. That's a very positive outlook and, again, shows the power of the student voices. And what about you, George?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, I definitely agree with most of our callers on here. Uh, We have to continue the conversation, and I think going in, we need to be um, courageous in the conversations, and we need to be able to be mindful that, like you know, this is a new generation of students. We have to be, again, you know, open to to hearing their voices, hearing their concerns, and taking those things into consideration um, as we, you know, continue to maintain, you know, an inclusive environment. And I think we also have to be mindful that when we're going back into the fall, just depending on what school district you're in. Um, That you know, with everything going on, we will have to almost teach students how to be students again, right? So, I just think we have to just um, go in with an open mind and just you know, continue to just really take it a day at a time.
0: Summarize your comments, it sounds like everyone can look back on the year and a half and see where there's some needs and then realizing the voice of the students is so powerful. So either from an admin or teacher perspective or student perspective, how important it is to have a relationship with at least one person so you can communicate those needs and then collectively we can make the changes that we need to being mindful that um, It's not just the academics, it's the whole child, um, whether social, emotional or or other issues that are going on that that we can collectively address and improve. So it's better school in this new era. So we're going to um, need to leave that there for now. But if you want to continue the conversation, we hope you will join us for the 2021 Merck conference on Friday, October 22nd. Tickets are available now and there are special rates for VCU and Merck school divisions. You can register on our website at merc.soe.vcu.edu slash conference. That's merc.soe.vcu.edu slash conference. While you're there, you can check out Merck projects and reports on prominent issues in public education and sign up for our stakeholder email listserv to stay up to date with our latest research and resources.